Everybody say, it's time for advancement. Time for advancement. I want you to look at um, Psalms chapter 115, Psalms 115 and verse 16. I want to continue teaching on our responsibility to take ownership. Um, the Bible says in uh, Psalm 115, verse 16, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Let's read that again. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So if God has given us the earth, then who does it belong to? Help me out, somebody. It belongs to us. We talked about it last week that when God gives us ownership, what he's doing is, and we talked about on Sunday quite a bit about management. I'll go into deeper of that on Sunday. But he's given us the chance to steward what he's created. He gives us ownership to co-create or to work with him in the earth. Isn't that cool that God Almighty wants to work with you and wants to work with me to see our creativity, our way of doing it, and how that, you know, the, our expression, how we express things. I love that about God. He loves creativity. He doesn't want to, not, not, not everybody here has to do the same thing. Uh, everybody does it a little differently as long as it's based out of the word of God. So he says, I give you the earth I'm, I have the heavens. And so Genesis 1:26, verse uh, 26 through 28 says this. Then God said, uh, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion, please. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Uh, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything that, uh, that, lives, um, that moves on the earth. So in Genesis chapter 1, we find the very purpose of man and woman, mankind, uh, what the purpose, why, why God created us in the first place. And one of those reasons is, is to have dominion. Dominion means supreme authority. It means rulership, lordship. It means ownership. Don't forget that. Ownership, we said last time, means possession of property. <clears throat> it means to buy, claim, control, have deed, dominion, having, holding. It means to have occupancy, partnership, possessorship, Proprietary rights uh, means purchase, permanent, residence, takeover, title holder, and it means proprietorship. So the idea of dominion slash ownership doesn't sound to me like a backseat position. It's almost like God says, I'm going to, by my spirit, put you in the front seat because I made you like myself. Angels were not created in the image of God. They're incredible beings, but they're not us. We're in a different class altogether. Actually, guys, we're in the God class. We're not God. Please, there's a distinguishing difference there. We're not God. He's God. He gets to do what he wants. We're submitted to him. So we said, we have dominion over everything but ourselves. In other words, in ourselves, we have to now, what do we do? We submit to the lordship of God. He's ruler. He controls our life, right? He does give us the, uh, the power of choice, but he ultimately controls our life. So, and we want that because he does, he does really good at this. He's, he's, he's awesome, and he will not, not let you down. But he certainly doesn't put you in the back seat. He puts you in the front seat. And when you take ownership, you act and you react differently 
as if you were somebody who was leasing something, right? We talked about car. When you lease a car, you don't care, man. You took a little insurance on it. If it gets a ding in the door, you don't care, right? If you live in somebody else's house and things don't get fixed up quite, quite the way you would do it, um, it doesn't matter because, after all, you don't own the property anyways. Let somebody else handle that. It's not yours to fix. Ownership is different. You act different. You react different. If you were in the grocery store, let me just put it this way, and you had your cart, and you're filling your cart all full of nice things that you're about to eat that day or the, the day after that. You're going to make your little suppers and your little lunches and all that. And you're filling your stuff up. And somebody walks by your cart and picks something out of your cart. How do you react? Come on, somebody. And then you go, oh, that was very nice. Or would you like some more? Would you help them out? But you wouldn't do that at all. You'd probably look at them like, have you lost your ever living mind? Do you understand? That's my, those are my bananas. Come on, somebody. Those are my Susie Q's. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Why would you? Why, why, now, you didn't pay for them. You don't own them yet, but they're in your possession. Come on, somebody. And nobody has a right to do that to you, and you'd be very off-put by that if that were to happen. Somebody say amen to that. That's the, that's the difference with somebody who has ownership and somebody who does not. If you put something in the refrigerator, something you liked, come on, somebody, and you put it in there. Come on. You put it in the back of the refrigerator so nobody could see it behind the milk carton. Thinking, I'm going to have that later. I'm going to have that little piece of pie tomorrow, whatever it might be, right? And you, you can't wait. You open the refrigerator, can't wait to get it. Look in there, and it ain't there. Come on, somebody. And you look, and there's a crumb trail leading right to the sink where the dish is. Come on, somebody. I don't know anything about that, but I mean, there's probably somebody that has felt a little bit offended by that. Amen. How dare they eat my, fr- whatever it is, French, whatever. I was going to say the French pie, whatever pie, the pie, pie, yeah. No, pie, what'd you say? Oh, yeah, no, no, we're not going to get into that tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> you get bold. You get upset. I want everybody in the house right now. Get down here. Who ate this? That was mine that I was saving, right? Boldness is the instinct of ownership. It's instantaneous. If you own it and somebody, if, if, you're, if you're walking down the street and somebody gets in somebody's car, you're not even thinking about it, right? You don't care whose car it is. You're probably their car. It's none of my business. But if you look down the street and they're getting in your car, hey, what are you doing, right? Because you own that vehicle. You get bold. It's an instinct. Let me make this statement. Boldness manifests the kingdom of God. When you get bold, it brings the kingdom on the scene told you about that time of that man I was in Walgreens trying to get in and get out get in get out didn't want to stay long get in get out when I go somewhere I go to get it and get out I don't understand how anybody can go in there and be looking around just shopping around I don't get that I know what I want I go in and I get out my wife goes in I'm just going to stop in there honey I'll get this one thing I said no you are don't even lie, don't even lie to me as I know how it works and she'll come out with two bags of stuff and I'm like well you're going in for one thing well this was on sale they got you. They got you. That's the person they're looking for right there. They got you. I go in and out. So I want to get in and out. Walgreens. So I'm in the hood. And I'm in the Walgreens in the hood. You have to understand. Some of you understand this. There's a certain kind of Walgreens. There's a Brookfield Walgreens. Come on, somebody say amen. I probably shouldn't go there. 
and there's a North Avenue Walgreens. <laughs> and, and so you're going to go in, and you want to go out. So I go in, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, you know, getting ready to get checked out, and this guy walks in, a bus driver, big, tall guy, got green eyes, and I, he walks in, and he, I mean, he's talking to everybody. I mean, he knows everybody in the store. He, if he didn't know him, he acted like he did, and he's saying, he's giving scripture verses. I'm going, oh, no, it's one of those guys. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Now, I'm the preacher. And I'm acting like the heathen. I just want to get in and get out. He's trying to spread the love of Jesus everywhere. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So here he comes. He's in the line. And he's talking to everybody. Pretty much everybody's not paying attention to him. Then finally, after, you know, he made a couple points. And, he's, you know, he's got people turned around. They're going, yeah, all right, that sounds good. And next thing you know, within about two minutes, and we're still in line, right? We're one cashier. I'm about three people out. I can't move. can't go anywhere. And he's talking to everybody. I'm not even turning. I'm just, I'm just looking straight ahead. I'm just looking straight ahead. Just waiting. Because I do, I do not want to get caught here. I just want to. So I'm waiting my turn. And next thing you know, we got people turn around. Amen. Amen. I'm like, you, amen. You ain't even saying. What are you talking about? Amen. Amen, you know? And so the guy's preaching, right? And all of a sudden, I pay for myself. Good, I'm ready to get out of here. I grab my stuff, put my receipt in the bag, take off. And the guy goes, sir, sir. Oh, no. I turned around, said, yes. He goes, you, walk out there. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I got a word for you. Oh, no, this guy's got a word for me. Here we go. Some weird cat out here trying to give me a word, you know. So he says, I got a word for you. He says, it's like you've been, you've been going through it. He said, I see you where people have, uh, have, have been talking behind your back and have told all kinds of lies about you and all kinds of stuff. He said, you're a pastor, aren't you? I said, y y yeah, I am. He said, you're a pastor of a church in the city, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. He said, the Lord shows me that he said, don't worry about all that. You're about to come into another day. He said, you're about to get your breakthrough. God's about to, I'm talking about this, I'm going, amen, praise the Lord, praise God. You know that's true? That's a word from God right there. I walked up pretty, I felt pretty good about myself, praise God. Lord said, yeah, he had to stop you. What did he have to do? He had to get bold to get my attention. And when he got bold to get my attention, he manifested the kingdom of God in my life. And the guy, the bus driver, gives the preacher a word from God. Shame on me. But he did it, praise God. Even when I was backslidden, guys, I knew enough. There was enough, enough God around my life to know that I would defend. If somebody talked bad about God, I would defend him. I would get bold. Even if I wasn't walking for God, I felt like I had, to, I had to make sure. I'm just trying to say that you're born again. You know, you're living for God. That means you have to put yourself out there. People got to know you're saved. Do the people around you even know you're born again? The people you go to work with, tell dirty jokes with, come, do they know you're actually going to church tonight? You got to get bold. If you want the kingdom of God to show up in your life, you got to say, I don't care what anybody else thinks about my life. Now, I'd be, I would be lit, guys. I'd be drunk or high. I was away from God, and I, I, I couldn't help myself. Someone mentioned God, and I would defend the, the Lord, and i start telling people about Jesus. They said, you're a hypocrite, because here you are. out here. I'll knock you. Don't you ever call me. I'll knock you out. Come on, somebody. And if you heard, tell me about Jesus, I'm going to knock you out for, for sure next time. Come on. Why? Because I, I believed in him. I wouldn't deny him, even if I wasn't saved. I knew who he was. Matthew eleven twelve says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Violence is the Greek word biezo, and it means intense, fierce, bold. Let's read it that way. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers boldness. And they take it by force. Take it is the word harpazio. It means to snatch quickly. When you take it, you own it. When you snatch it, it becomes yours. 
Church, if we want God to show up, we've got to get bold in our lives with him. That's why I said earlier, I want to cry. I want to, and sometimes we'll have those tender moments of God, and that's a wonderful thing. But I'm here to tell you, we can't spend our lives crying all the time. we got to get bold and assertive, and we got to get strong and make declarations and tell the devil to back the hell up out of our lives. Why are we putting up with stuff we shouldn't put up with? Amen, somebody. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. How do we come bold? How do we come to his throne? Boldly, the Bible says. And obtain mercy and find grace or favor to help in time of need. It takes boldness to talk about God on your job. It takes boldness to let people know you're a Christian. It takes boldness to talk to your doctor when your doctor gives you a bad report. It takes boldness at Thanksgiving with your family when you're all eating and someone says something negative about Jesus. It takes boldness to stand out when you don't want to stand out. But that acknowledgement causes God to move on the scene in your life. That's why Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in how many of your ways? All your ways, whether you're at the grocery store, at Walgreens, come on somebody, or if you're at church, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You gotta acknowledge God. When it comes to the scene, you gotta say, God is in this. When I told you the story before about the banker who came, we owe twenty thousand dollars. They came for the money, and I didn't know we didn't have the money to give them. I don't like those kinds of meetings. I like the meetings where I got the money. Come on, somebody. Those are easy meetings. And so I didn't know what to say. Now I'm praying in the spirit under my breath while he's talking because he wants, he wants, he's like, we gotta have the money. And all of a sudden, I got up, I grabbed his arm, I said, Sir, we'll have your money on Monday. I didn't have the money to give him on Monday. Something in me rose up and said, I'm not going to act scared. I am not backing down. I'm a child of God. There's an inexhaustible amount of resources. He's got a supply in heaven. I'm his kid. He's going to give it to me. I said, you'll have the money on Monday. How much? $20,000. I didn't have the money. Two things happened. From that time to Monday, and we had all the $20,000 to give the banker and the rest of this history. Come on, church. you got to get bold. You can't back down. It manifests God on the scene. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the, the Father through him. I'm acknowledging God. No matter what I'm doing, no matter where I'm at, I, I inject God into the situation. God's only need for his power to come is your ability to give him acknowledgement. And if you'll do it by faith, he'll show up. If you'll own it, if you take responsibility of what God has given you, he'll give you more. If you take responsibility what you got, he'll give you more. And when you do take responsibility for what he's given you, then he gives you, in other words, what happens is you're actually allowing him to work in your life. In other words, you're giving him permission. And people don't like when I say that, but that really is the truth. You give him permission to operate in your life. How do you do it? Through your humility and your prayer. When you humble yourself before God, get bold with your circumstances, get bold with the devil, and say, Lord, this is what I need. Your word says this. I'm Come on, church. Well, God don't need permission to walk in my life. Yeah, that's just wrong teaching. That's not true. I'm going to tell you something. If that were true, you'd be born again without ever having to acknowledge who he is. You, when the moment you said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin, I believe. 
believe in who you are. You gave him permission to walk in your world and loose you of your sin. That's the only way he gets a chance to come in, guys. Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people, the agency of man, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Nothing happens without God having somebody, a man or a woman, who will what? Stand in the gap. When Israel was going down, going backwards, and in sin, the Bible says that God set, spoke these words through the prophet. I sought for a man to stand in the gap, but I found no one. When God wanted to rain down judgment upon Nineveh, he sought for a man called Jonah. When God wanted to rain down a judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, he sought for a man. Come on, somebody. And he, what did he do? He prayed, and he said, Lord, Abraham said, Lord, he said, if you'll do it for just ten righteous people, God, you'll find ten righteous people. If you'll do it for them, Lord, Lord said, I'll do it for ten, but he couldn't find ten. He's always looking for a way to stave his hand from judgment. Why didn't God go to Pharaoh and knock on his door and say, I'm God. Let my people go. I'm going to destroy everything you got. To me, that's the way I'd handle it. But not God. Because he set us up. He gave us ownership. He, doesn't, he does not invade without our permission. He, walk, you walk, he walks into your world because you allow him to. Amen. So he said, Moses, you'll be my spokesperson. He sought for a man, and he said, go. And he says, who will I tell him who sent me? He said, you tell him I am. So he knocks on Pharaoh's door, sees Moses. He says, what do you want? He said, God said, let my my people go. He said, who's telling me this? What did Moses say? I am. You just missed a very deep, deep thing right there. I am is telling you. All he heard was I am. He didn't recognize that was actually God's name. But when God uses you, he uses you. Come on, church. It's going to catch the rest of you pretty quick. <laughs> Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. And when in the New Testament, what happens? He says, he says, uh, does God go and say, get out of my way? I'm about to empty all these hospitals out? No. He says, you will lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. If anyone's sick among you, call for the elders of the church and lay your hands and anoint them with oil. We've got to do the work of God on the earth. He gives us the ownership. In other words, he gives us the responsibility to work with him. Luke 18, I'm done. Actually, no, I got to be done. Uh, No, I don't have to be done. That was the old days. Let me do the new day here. Luke chapter 18, verse 2, real quick. There, There wasn't a certain city, a judge, who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God, this is talking about this judge now, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? God's looking for faith. 
He's looking for somebody to say what he says. He's looking for somebody who will do what he wants done. He's looking for that. And when we get self-conscious and we become intimidated, self-consciousness and intimidation are the enemies to your miracle. That's why I said you got to jump out of yourself and get bold and not care what anybody else thinks about it. Because after all, who are you serving? You serving them or you serving God? Which one are you going to serve? Or you're serving yourself. At the end of the day, we will all stand before God and give an account for our lives. Not before that person or this person, before God. So i got to live my life that way. So what, what I'm saying to you is when you become self-conscious, in other words, you don't want to stand out. You're afraid what people might think about you. And you allow people to intimidate you. You will find that the miracle will never come to pass. I, 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 I don't want Christians to be ugly and mean. I'm not, I'm not requesting that because that's, that's against God's word. We have to love everybody. But, you know, sometimes you got to make a stand, man. You can do it, be nice, but, but you make a stand, and, and you don't want to stand out. That's the problem. You don't want to stand out. But Christ, it's impossible if you have him in your life. It's impossible for you not to stand out. You're light, man, in darkness. You literally are light and darkness. You're standing out whether you like it or not. Why well, don't want them talking behind my back? They're already talking behind your back. Just because you didn't find out about it yet, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but they're already doing it. So you might as well go ahead and live the way you want to live. Come on, somebody. Ignorance is bliss. Amen. Just do you. Amen. Now, I want to say this because it's so, so powerful. I, um, I'll never forget this. I'm going to end on this. I was, preaching, I was preaching a message years ago. Our church was about a year old, and I called it Persistent People Prevail. And I was talking about some of this revelation here, not as intense, but I was talking about how you just don't give up on what God tells you to do. You can't give up. you got to keep pressing no matter what. And I was giving analogies from the Word of God and, and Word uh, verses on, on it as well. And so we're like in the middle of the series, and we're actually putting this production on called Heartbreak Hotel. And it was, we put everything in the line, every dime we had, every person we had got involved in this thing. We borrowed equipment, we did everything, and we had the dates set. All we spent a lot of money. And for me, you know, three, four hundred bucks is a lot of money. Back in those days, that was a lot of money. It's all we had to, on advertisement to invite people to come on these dates, right? So we had three dates picked. First date went without a hitch. And the next Friday night, the next Friday night, we had it, we had it set. And um, what had happened, I'm sorry, it was Sunday night. And what had happened is the water main on the property broke late Friday night. So they alerted us, alerted us on Saturday saying, sorry, but you're not going to be able to have your, um, your, uh, your event. And so I said, well, that's not possible. We already got, we already got things you know, laid out and spent the money and people are coming. I don't even know how to cancel the thing. Well, by law, we can't have you in the building until somebody comes in there, fixes it, and they, they go, you know, tell you all that stuff. So I called my leaders together, said, we got to pray. And they asked me about what, and I told them, they said, well, what are you going to do while we pray? Are you just going to cancel? I said, no, we're praying to not cancel it. Well, what are we going to do if we have to cancel? I said, no, we're praying because we're not canceling this. They kind of looked at me funny, and I said, remember, I'm teaching persistent people prevail. If, you're not, if, you, if, you're gonna, if you get persistent and don't take no for an answer, you will prevail ultimately. So we called the superintendent back, No. Called him back two, three different times. Last time, he wouldn't even answer his phone. What did you do? 
We kept on going. It was at about 6 o'clock was the event. It's now 5 o'clock. We don't have an answer. Everybody's coming to the school. We're getting everything ready. Makeup department, the hair, you know, the costume, the whole deal. And, um, and we're not allowed to go in yet. And uh, I said, keep calling them. Keep calling them. Well, finally, they, they got, we got through to the guy. And I talked to the guy. And he, said, he said, man, you're just not going to give up. I said, I'm here. We're here. I said, I know you said no, but look, this is, this is the story. This is what we're going to do. And we've been praying, man. We've just been praying that you'd help us out here. Man, we need, we need an answer here. To, he goes, all right, I'll let you do it. So you've got to be kidding. Oh, God. And like, now all of a sudden, I have no faith. You've got to be kidding me. You know? Oh, my God, it worked. It actually worked. So I, he said, I'll send the kid over. The kid doesn't get the message. Now we're about 30 minutes before show starts. We had the kid that's supposed to have the key, doesn't come. Finally, somehow we get a hold of the kid. The kid comes in there about 15 minutes till, and all we start rushing. We're rushing. We're going like we're going mad. To put all, people are coming in that place. The, there was no bathrooms, but we, we ordered a couple uh, porta potties, put them outside. Come on, you got to do what you got to do. We bought some water, some bottled water for everybody. Did what we had to do. We packed the place out. The second song, all the power goes out of the building. Everything goes out of the building. Now we have no water. Got no bathroom. Come on, y'all. And now all we got, we got no power. The only thing that was left in the room that was going was the, was the alarm system. And it was beeping. But it's kind of cool looking because it was flashing. We had like this haze going, so it was like flashing. Like everybody thought it was a part. Oh, like, this is pretty cool. It's like part of the show. It wasn't part of the show, man. It was the fire alarm. Finally, we got that thing to go off, got the power to come on. And we had over 100 people in that little, that little auditorium get saved that night. Don't tell me God won't do it if you will pursue Come on, somebody. We took ownership and said what it says here in Luke chapter 11. It says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Somebody say amen. amen. Boldness is not passive. Boldness is passion. That's what it takes to get our lives to advance, for us to go to that next level. Passion. Don't give up. Keep pressing forward. You will get the victory. Amen? Did you enjoy the word tonight?